Hello, and welcome to episode 45 of the Telling the Story podcast, a look at how journalists and all of us reach the world. I am Matt Pearl, author of the Telling the Story blog and a reporter at NBC in Atlanta. We are now on Stitcher. Go on to Stitcher Smart Radio and subscribe to this podcast. The episodes will refresh every time we post a new one. It is the easiest way. I use it myself. I've been listening for several years on Stitcher now. It's wonderful. So if you haven't joined it yet, it is a great idea to do so. This is episode 45, and uh, and that's a number I frankly wasn't sure I would reach when I first started podcasting. But a far more impressive number is 10,000, and a far more impressive achievement comes from today's guest. He is the director of photojournalism at King TV in Seattle, but he is also the founder and architect of the Storytellers website and Facebook group, which just cleared 10,000 members. These are journalists, managers, and all sorts of media professionals in one community, maybe the most popular forum of its kind for local TV news. Matt Brzezinski, welcome to the Telling the Story podcast. Hey, good to be here. 10,000. How's that feel? <laughs> it's really insane, actually. <laughs> I would have never, ever imagined this. I don't know how many years ago, five now has it been? My God, we had 35 people and I couldn't beg anybody to post in the group. And then now 10,000 later, it's it's pretty wild. That's incredible. And I want to get kind of into the origin story uh, of yeah. how this all started. But just uh, before we get to that, just for anyone listening who might be a little less familiar with the group, you heard my description of what Storytellers is. How would you describe it? Oh, that's what is Storytellers? I feel like through the course of getting to 10,000 that it's kind of changed and evolved on its own. Um, in the beginning, it was just a place to critique um, and network a little bit, maybe slightly inspired by the NPPA, and now it's grown into um, basically a place to le read and learn about the business. Uh, we've developed a website. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of business that's conducted in there that sometimes <laughs> I don't even notice. You know, <laughs> it's far more than just a critique forum now, and I kind of like that. I, I mean, you know, some people have said they they wish it would be a little more pure of a critique session, but uh, I like where it's going. I think I think I love to see how it's evolved, and it stayed mostly civil too, which is important. <laughs> mostly, yes, yes. I, I think, uh, I, yeah, I, th I feel like there are a lot of people. I would imagine many of the the most recent joinees to the group they probably take it for granted that it's been around for so long, but it really hasn't. As you just said, five years. I I wouldn't have guessed that, but given how Facebook operates and and just how young <clears throat> Facebook is, I guess it makes sense that you know five years ago that you would have the idea to start this and then and then to watch it balloon like it has. Uh, what is the origin story? How did this get started? What was your original goal and, and intention with the thing? So um, this actually started as wavy storytellers. So when I was a bit younger photographer um, several years ago, I started a forum at Wavy TV in Norfolk, Virginia, where we were trying to evolve as a storytelling station. I wanted to create a platform for my fellow coworkers to just sort of network, uh, share their stories, uh, give some feedback because we're all so busy. Um, and that was just a place to kind of post things and talk about it. I invited several of the connections that I've made through the NPPA and other places to come and join that, to sort of be that voice uh, or that critique voice because I didn't want it to be me. Um, it wasn't 
very popular. Some people used <laughs> it. Some people didn't. Like I said, I was begging people to go on there and post. And you said but, 35 members. Was that? Yeah. Was I can't imagine your 30. photo staff was that big, though. Uh, it was most of the state. Most of the station would go on there. It started much smaller than that and grew. But uh, mostly reporters, photographers, and some of the other folks would join in uh, on occasion. But there was very few posts. And then, you know, I got hired at King, and uh, my chief photographer uh, approached me and said, what are you going to do with that group? And I said, well, honestly, nobody's really using it that much. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just going to open it up and see what happens. And then it was absolute insanity. In three months, we had gained... Oh, geez, what was it, like 500 or something, uh, maybe even 1,000 members? I can't remember how fast. It was just every day I was getting notifications of requests on my phone, and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I couldn't beg anybody to use this group. <laughs> and now it's just blossomed into uh, you know something way larger than I've ever expected it to be, and that's a credit to the people. That's a credit to the um, administrators, the people that come in there and help. You're one of those, too. Well, it, it didn't sound like there were really any lofty goals necessarily for the industry then. It, it sounded like it was something you were doing for your station. You got to another station, I guess, a year later and, and just kind of said, OK, uh, let's see if anybody else is interested in this. And it turned out everybody else was interested in this. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where you're not sure you have a product. You're not sure if people are going to like the product. And then all of a sudden it blossoms and you're like, holy crap, this actually works. Um, but I guess, you know, in some ways, Matt, I was I, I always have considered myself a little bit of an activist. That's why I'm I think I'm um, inspired by or that's why I'm so passionate about my work. I like to, uh, you know, lead by example, and I want to do things for the industry that are going to improve it. Um, and that was, you know, that was part of why I wanted to bring storytellers to everybody. Um, you know, I think about myself as a young journalist starting in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, where I didn't get much critique. I didn't hardly know anything. Um, I was trapped in a bubble there. And because I was trapped in that bubble, uh, only learning from the people around me, I wasn't able to grow and expand the way that I needed to to be successful. And Storytellers does that for people. It allows everybody to connect, to come together, um, and sort of see what people are doing on the East Coast, on the West Coast, um, follow different people's work, and put your own thing out there and, and see what people think. I mean, I watch stuff from all over the world, actually. There's Denmark and other places that are frequently posting in there. So it's really cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's easy. It, it would be easy for someone like you to open this group up, see it become popular, and then just let it kind of, you know, run away with itself, so to speak. But, you know, that's mm -hmm. not what you've done. You, you moderate the group to a certain degree. But in addition to that, you've turned it into a, a platform for you know, for people mm -hmm. to post jobs, uh, job openings and, and advertise things mm -hmm. that will benefit the industry. And then you started this website, which which I want to talk a little bit more about a little bit later. But it again, you know, I think part of the reason that, that you and I, uh, I, I feel like are very similar is that activist streak wanting to not just do good work, but also do work, you know, even outside of the job that benefits our craft and our industry. And mm -hmm. and I think that that is. I don't know that something like this could succeed as well as it has if there wasn't such a steward behind it, making sure mm -hmm. that, you know, when it does get a little off the rails, that it kind of curves mm -hmm. back in the right direction. 
Yeah, that's uh, that is a job that I never thought I would have. <laughs> it's, it's to be. I mean, my whole. It's amazing how much work it is every day, trying to read as many comments as I can, <laughs> and uh, trying to moderate the group because you know it can things can go south really fast, and you know it's. I don't want to get into all, too much of that stuff, you know, but um, I always I'm worried about um, you know the brand. I'm always worried about. Uh, suddenly becoming a platform for complaining, and I don't want—I don't want that. And How interesting that you've become a brand too. You probably never imagined <laughs> you'd have to worry about that. No, I did not think that. You know, <laughs> so, you know I, I give a lot of credit, you know, to somebody like um, Kevin Johnson who created uh, B-roll and what an amazing resource that was. And talk a little uh, bit about and, that for those who aren't familiar with B-Roll. Uh, B-Roll.net was basically started a, a website forum, just a lot like storytellers. Um, and, you know, Kevin did a tremendous job running that by himself. He was like, his, he was his own brand or is still his own brand. Um, but, you know, in that forum, uh, things, I, I remember how rough things would get, especially for those of us that were in the NPPA and things. And, and I kind of took that and I, I wanted to uh, learn from those, those mistakes. Kevin did a, a ton of things that are genius, um, but had trouble trying to control that part of it. And I don't, I didn't ever want that for storytellers. So uh, that's why I'm in there every day moderating the group. I'm <laughs> leaving your comments if you're listening. No, <laughs> not mine. No, you never deleted one of mine. I don't think. Out whoever is listening to this. I'm really <laughs> um, when do you feel like the group is at its best? Obviously, you see it in every spectrum, every part of the spectrum. But when do you feel like, okay, this is achieving what I would ideally want it to achieve? Oh, um, that's a great question. Yeah, because, you know, there are low moments during the course of the year. And we have some cycles where things get out of control. But um, when I see it at its best, um, you could take just yesterday, for example, when Wayne Friedman posts in the group and gives everybody a script example. Um, yeah. Or every day seeing Al Tompkins in there um, leading the charge. Um, what a what a great resource he's been to keep us talking about um, the state of the business and where we're going and where we've been. Um, and then I would just say that, you know, on occasion you get a message or uh, you run into somebody at a workshop and they tell you how much uh, they have learned from the group and how it has basically shaped their career. And uh, you don't really think about that stuff at all, you know, as you're going through your normal crazy day and so it gives you a moment to reflect and take a look at what you're doing and inspires you to keep going forward. So uh, when I when I see, you know, really big names posting in there and helping people, the John Larson's jumping into a comment section and helping a, you know, a young lady from the middle of nowhere, probably not making any money. Um, that's huge. I mean, those things change the change people's careers. Yeah. And yeah. I think one of the, it's almost a blessing and a curse having that such a wide range of ages in the mm. group, because on the one hand, you've got such veteran presences. I mean, Boyd Hooper posts his Land of 10,000 Stories piece every week, and, and that is a tremendous education for so many. And, you know, and again, you see younger journalists posting their work and then getting critiques from people who they perhaps admire or for people who have simply been it's doing beautiful. it for longer. And that is beautiful. And then you get kind of fascinating generation gap 
uh, <laughs> arguments, which, again, I'm not this sure how you feel though. about That's them. Great, I think it's though. great. Yeah. No, I, I'm glad you well, feel that way because attacking each other. I love right. I love seeing that because uh, old guard meets new guard kind of thing. Yeah. And they both have a lot of changing and adapting to do. So I Absolutely. love it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know I've seen it where, you know, the there are so many recurring debates that happen. But I, I think <laughs> it's. <laughs> Yes, I'm sure you see all of them. But I guess I would I would say to you, you know, or or ask you how you feel just about, you know, where you feel like the the generations are influencing each other. You mentioned having to, you know, everybody in this day and age has to adapt, whether you're 25 or 55. But how do you feel like what do you feel like the the more experienced journalists in the group are, are learning from the younger ones and vice versa? Um, as you well know, Matt, is with especially with Tegna and our business, um, things are rapidly changing and they're changing I mean in ways that we never thought that it would, you know. So um in some ways I think the young people coming into the group are able to um give the veterans uh kind of a new way to look at the industry and also give them a chance to actually speak and connect with what their target audience is, you know, mm-hmm. um is the young millennial group. And then at the same time as we are changing, um, I think the old guard uh, is there to sort of keep the train on the tracks so we don't lose uh, our, you know, good, um, our, don't lose our ethics um, and kind of maintain some of the great um, journalism, uh, what do I want to say, the uh, sort of the great journalism that we've always done for years and years and years, and, you know, new platforms and new equipment and new things like that. But a lot of things have stayed the, stay the same. And one of those being storytelling. Yeah. And the standards, too. I think you mentioned ethics. Absolutely. And I think it's so important. You see people who, again, sometimes I think I know I've looked at conversations where someone who's a little older might post something that on first glance seems outdated. And then you read the discussion and you really think about the position and you realize, OK, there is a rhyme or reason. Mm-hmm. And that is something that, you know, as journalists, it really I always feel like it's our responsibility to no matter what we put on television, it, to have the extra thought beforehand and think about, okay, how does what I'm saying, what I'm doing, how I'm presenting myself, how does all of that translate to the audience? Mm-hmm. What impression does it leave? And I think the older journalists typically are very good for, you know, shining the light on that particular area. Yep, absolutely. We agree 100%. This is the Telling the Story podcast. I'm Matt Pearl. He's Matt Mrazinski, director of photojournalism at King TV and founder of the Storytellers website and Facebook group. Matt, we've uh, discussed the group. Let's talk about the website. And uh, maybe the, I guess the, I don't know, I don't want to say less popular of the two, but certainly <laughs> I, I think it is. <laughs> but uh, talk about the work that you and your very small team uh, do for that site, because it really is quite fascinating. Yeah, the website is what we like to say a work in progress. Um, You know, I recognize that the group is kind of starting to outgrow itself a little bit, and we need something to sort of be that rock uh, that holds everything in place, and also an archive for all the great discussions that we've had in case uh, we would lose that in Facebook, because I'm not in control of that. Mark Zuckerberg is. so (laughs) Very true. uh, But the website is something that uh, Amanda Emily, who is basically the administrator and um, keeps the thing up and running and going, has done so much work for us. Um, 
But uh, and then it, I, I guess am I gonna get into uh, giving shoutouts? I gotta go with Sean McDonnell and uh, also Bill uh, Mitiki has helped us out quite a bit too. But uh, getting getting back to your question, um, the website is a work in progress, uh, and we want that to be a place for us to uh, generate content um, and just be a great resource for the industry as a whole. We want to open it up to those people that may not be able to get into the group. Uh, it gives us a place to share our articles and stuff and reach an audience that we can't reach by a closed group. Um, and also, um, as we grow, we need to generate some kind of revenue because it's gets, it gets to a point where you almost have to pay people to manage it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I never really was interested in generating revenue, but I realized that if we're going to be as effective as we ultimately can be, um, we are going to have to. Um, as the mean, author it, of a blog and podcast for which I get nothing, I totally understand where you're coming yeah. from. Yeah, it's uh, it's we're we're set to make another push as people have been in the group for a couple of years. Remember, we hit five thousand, and then in 2014, uh, we started churning out content uh, quite regularly, and I realized that uh, I can't sustain that, <laughs> and. You know, if I'm going to do that, I either need to uh, pay myself or pay other people. Um, and that's what really what I want. We have a lot of really big ideas uh, in the works uh, that could I, can I break can I break a little news maybe? Break any uh, news you want. <laughs> uh, so we're really working hard on developing a contest that we want to run through the website. Um, wow, this sounds cool. Whether it be quarterly or uh, or just national end of year contest. Uh, we haven't quite, I haven't quite decided yet, but I'm trying to rally together a few people that can help me do the legwork for this. Um, and I, I don't want it to be the NPPA and I don't want it to be the RTNDA or anything like that, the Murrows. I want it to be storytellers and I want it to be an innovative and new contest that uh, touches things on all, all platforms. Um, something that helps us shape the industry uh, as a whole moving forward. And, and we're going to try to run that through the website. And I've had Amanda kind of working feverishly to figure out just how we can do that so we don't crash the thing. Yes, uh, <laughs> good idea. So, um, yeah, the website is uh, kind of, like you said, not it's secondary to the group right now, but at some point I'd really like them to level off. So. Very if cool. That, if that made sense and answered your question, I don't know. But. Well, it did, and, and I'm, frankly, I'm flattered that you would choose to break news on this podcast. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's really interesting, and, and one thing where, again, I feel like you and I really see eye to eye is the idea of, obviously, you have this Facebook group, which is so great for what it is, but then kind of having that element of permanence that comes with the website. I'll give you an example. Last week, I posted uh, one of my blog posts where I had kind of, uh, in honor of Boyd Hooper winning his 100th Emmy, I kind of did a, uh, you know, a, a five great stories from the last four years that Boyd did. And a lot of the comments chimed in, well, you know, you got you to gotta talk about some of the other stuff that he's done. So immediately <laughs> I took all of the examples that everybody wrote in the comments and turned that into a separate post because, as we all know, <laughs> Facebook comments or Facebook posts fade away over time and they yeah. you know, get out of the news feed. So I love that that's what that you've chosen to do that. And you've done that throughout with a lot of Facebook posts on storytellers 
that have been behind the scenes of a story or, you know, how someone put together this piece or what someone was thinking when they shot this story. And you've really made an effort to do that. Then you've got Amanda and all the things that she's doing and especially the archiving. I really want to get into that because that's so much of what we do seems so temporary. And then you've got Mm -hmm. someone like Amanda, who is an absolute saint for going Mm -hmm. through and archiving all of these award-winning stories. Talk a little bit about what she does and, and the archive that you guys are building with this site. Yeah, it's she surprises me sometimes, actually. She'll just randomly pull these things out of nowhere. I'll ask a question, and then in about three minutes, she's like, oh, I got this thing from 1935 or something. <laughs> <laughs> so she's just, uh, you know, she'd be the best person to talk about that, so I'd, I don't want to speak too much for her, but... We tried uh, to get her. I, we tried to get yeah, her on the podcast. From from what I know of Amanda, uh, she is very very interested in preserving our business and um, archiving our business and the great work that we do. And she appreciates so much the people that have come before us. So um, she she that is really one of her primary duties outside of maintaining the website is she's always trying to build different archives. Um, you could go on there and and play around forever looking for old NPPA stories and station of the year lists and uh, Boyd Hoopert and, uh, you know, she's uh, just named just about any great storyteller. And she probably has a list of their stories. I know we have sections for people like Wayne Friedman and, you know, which are all, you know, local storytellers. But uh, let's see who else is who else is on there? Help me. <laughs> I don't know. You're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying well, to I just remember going back. Uh, she posted something from, I want to say, I don't, I don't know which award it was, but I remember going back and it was, uh, it was an award-winning entry from 1955. <laughs> and I just remember watching that and being spellbound by like, wow, this is what won an award 60 yeah. years ago. And yeah. I just think the fact that that exists and, you know, especially in our business where I think so many people feel like there are these hard and fast rules of storytelling and journalism. And then you look at something like that and you realize that our business is, you know, not even a century old. And we have changed That's crazy to so think, much in it? that time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that is such a great resource for that. And, and yeah. it's so great that she does the work that she does. Um, I wanted to ask you... Being that now you, you know, you're in charge of this group, 10,000 members, you're constantly going through all of the posts, you know more about what's in that group than anybody, and you probably (laughs) hear from plenty of the journalists uh, in that group, just from people who reach out to you for advice and, and all that. From everything you see, what gives you the most confidence and the most pride in our industry moving forward? Wow, that's, that's a, a big one. Question. Yeah, that's, that's a, a big one. Deep question. Um, you know, I think that, um, geez, I I would say, boy, I don't know. You think you might have stumped me? The most confidence and pride of our industry in our industry moving forward. Yeah. Oh, you should have threw that one at me beforehand. <laughs> I told you no curveballs, and now <laughs> I feel like I just threw you a curveball. Uh, Sorry, Matt. Ask me again. <laughs> okay. When you look, when you look at your group, the Facebook group, when you, you know, when you talk to young journalists, and I know you've spoken at, at symposiums and conferences, so 
obviously a subject and as a, as a self-proclaimed activist, this is, you know, the future of our business is something that you think a lot about. What inspires you the most? What gives you the most faith and confidence in our, in the, in our business moving forward and the people who are tasked with producing these stories and, and, and being the local journalists of the current and next generation? Well, I think I got the answer now. You, you I, I had you stall long enough. And <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, honestly, I think it is the fact that we we do not go out and try to add people to the group. Um, it is organic. People join because they want to be in the group. Uh, therefore, the folks that are in there, the ten thousand people that we have are all there because they want to learn. They want to improve their craft. They want to get better. Of course, some people have been at it and probably don't know that they're in there, but we've purposely stayed away from doing that because I want a passionate and active community of people who want to be in there that help advance the business and move forward. And Storytellers is just one platform for us to be constantly communicating uh, critiquing each other and moving the industry and the, it, the needle in the direction that we want it to. Um, and that inspires me. Uh, that is probably the greatest function and the greatest service that all 10,000 plus people uh, do for each other. And as long as we can keep connecting and keep communicating with each other like that, uh, I think that uh, that gives me high hopes. Even in the dark times when we see bad things happening ethically nationwide and through our, you know, t TV news and national network news, um, you know, it's a good place for us to take a look at those things and talk about them as well. So All prevent right. us from going in the wrong direction ourselves. Absolutely. <laughs> this is the Telling the Story podcast. I'm Matt Pearl. My guest is Matt Rosinski, founder of the 10,000-plus member Storytellers Facebook group, also the architect of the Storytellers website and the director of photojournalism at King TV in Seattle. Matt, <clears throat> I like to use this last section to talk about advice for younger journalists. Again, you have the ear of quite a few of them thanks to your group. When you look at the work that's getting posted by the younger ones especially, what is the biggest piece of advice they're not getting? Uh, the biggest piece of advice they're not getting. Uh, I think that I tend, let's see. Well, you keep stumping me with these questions, Matt. I'm, gonna... <laughs> I'm, like, a, I'm like a baseball pitcher that starts with a steady diet of fastballs and then I just yeah. bring the curves. Yeah. It's hard, you know, it's just, it's really hard to rope everybody in together and sort of, uh, you know, make them all. One, um, you know, I not only do I see people's work on storytellers, I also, you know, travel a little bit and do some workshops and do the NPPA workshop every year. Um, you know, I think the let's see, the the one thing that they probably need to to do is just be open. Um, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Um, I wouldn't even say it's looking at, you know, I'm not even talking about looking at somebody's work. Um, just having no fear of getting advice, uh, asking for advice, uh, networking, um, and you know, like I said, put your just put your work out there, and whatever people say, uh, you have to accept that, and you have to figure out how to uh, advance yourself to move forward. Um, don't be afraid. You uh, obviously have made a very lasting career for yourself uh, by being really good at your job. Uh, again, just setting aside all of the storyteller stuff, just what you do 
in your day job and have done for quite some time. How did you grow uh, as as a, a storyteller and photojournalist, especially starting out as I did in a time when you couldn't just pop on Facebook and ask yeah. a TV icon for advice? Yeah, um, and I'm still growing every single day. My gosh, I learn so much every day I come to work. It's unbelievable. I'm just learning different things now. Um, but how did I grow? Um, you know, people that were kind enough to help me out. Um, and, and quite honestly, uh, I did grow a lot through Facebook storytellers. I probably have learned as much as anybody mm. uh, by being in, on that site and moderating it for some time. But the I have to credit the NPPA a ton. Um, that's what inspired me to be a storyteller. That's what inspired me to um, want to grow in advance. I would sit at my house, uh, my apartment in Virginia, and I would watch Stan Heiss, um, Stan Heiss uh, POI tape over and over again and Andy Schultz tape over and over again um, until I could probably recite the stories. I'd watch them with the sound off. I would watch them with the sound on. I would question everything. I would pick out what I thought were their mistakes, you know, how, how dare I, (laughs) but I was so unbelievably passionate about wanting to do great work. Um, and that's sort of what was the driver behind me doing, I guess, all the things that I do now. Um, so now I'm just trying to learn to be a great teacher these days. And that's, uh, that's an equally tough task. Yeah. I, I think it's very interesting because again, I, you know, when I got out of college, my first job was in Sioux city, Iowa. Uh, you know, our, my first station had a website, but did not regularly update that website with the stories of the day. Uh, <laughs> so there was very little, I didn't have Facebook yet. Twitter didn't exist yet. So there were very few ways of really, kind of reaching out to people and showing them your work too. you know, uploading yeah. video was not, again, this is just, you know, 12 years ago, but uploading video was not what it is now. Um, and I wonder, I, do you feel like today's aspiring journalists are better at using the networking tools that they have? Cause I feel like, you know, I feel like I hear from quite a few of them, but I, I don't know, you know, as, as someone who, again, oversees such a large group. What are you seeing? Do you feel like people are taking advantage of that opportunity to be open and ask people who are readily available to give advice? Oh, I think today's uh, young journalists have an opportunity to network and learn like we've never had. I I came onto the scene at a time when that was starting to develop, but, um, you know, they are connected like uh, the folks could only dream of years ago. Um, And are they doing it enough? Uh, No. (laughs) post more more. uh help more help each other um you know something that i realized uh that i didn't expect it that really helped me was trying to critique others and in doing that i had to learn myself why it is i do the things that i do um and it surprised the hell out of me uh because i was afraid to say uh, anything at first. And then I real, you know, I'd got some recognition. I'm like, I guess I'm kind of doing okay. Um, but why the hell do I shoot like that? Why do I put, you know, how do I gather sound? Um, how do I sequence? And I start asking myself those questions and, uh, then, you know, formulated a proper response and it, it helped me grow and helped me educate myself at the same time. And I encourage other people to do that. 
Very cool. Matt, uh, that's all the questions I have, but I always like to end with that famous reporter's question. Is there anything <laughs> we haven't touched on that you wanted to add? Uh, let's see. Well, I think I had, you know, I don't know if I've given enough credit to everybody in the group, all the administrators that uh, helped push it, push it forward. I cannot do any, any of that stuff on my own. Uh, it's a, it has grown through the people. Um, it's grown through the administrators and the moderators that, that help out. And I just can't say how thankful I am to all of them. Um, you know, even you, Matt, you've helped out a lot too. And you post things and you're always in there. Um, people like Bill Mitteke, who, you know, a few years ago was really, uh, my partner in crime, um, Amanda and all the great work that she does that goes totally unnoticed. Um, the sort of thankless jobs that she has and, you know, Sean as well. Sean is always uh, poking around at me on, on Messenger and <laughs> giving me <laughs> ideas and alerting me to things and creating his own content and giving different perspective as well. Um, you know, it's it's been really fun. And um, I never thought that, you know, we'd be sitting here on a podcast talking about 10,000 members, but... Uh, it's pretty it's pretty cool. And I'm excited about where we're going. Um, I have a lot of ideas and I just want everybody to stay patient with those. ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to help, if you're listening and you want to help, just reach out to me. Uh, if you want to write, if uh, there's something you think that you have a skill set that you can do that can help us out, I'm all ears and uh, we're open for big things. We'll yeah. see. Patience uh, never never in high supply in TV news, but uh, <laughs> yeah. if anyone deserves it, it is you. So, Matt, thank you uh, for all you do, and thanks so much for joining me on the Telling the Story podcast. Yes, thank you for having me, Matt. It's great. And the Telling the Story blog updates every Monday and Wednesday. The website is tellingthestoryblog.com. Rate and review this podcast on iTunes, and again, join us now on Stitcher Smart Radio it will update with every new episode when that episode is posted. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Telling the Story podcast. We'll see you next time.